Many weeks ago, I many many so many weeks ago, it's hard to count. <clears throat> many weeks ago, I chatted with um, uh, Gregory Lindington, who played Henry Condell, and uh, Jim Ortlieb, who played John Hemmings. There was a different song on. There was a there completely was a different song. completely different song on, and we were sitting song. in a different tavern. Oh, and it was a very long song. <laughs> very long song. <laughs> uh, and we were talking about the Book of Will and and Hemmings and Condell, John uh, John Hemmings and Henry Condell, who created the first folio of Shakespeare, but. Um, then we had a second conversation. Remember, that. Remember the time that we had that second conversation about? Because the thing about that Book of Will rehearsal period is that we had, it was from first rehearsal to first preview was three weeks and two days, mm -hmm. which is nothing. Very, very little. Very, very, very short amount of time to try to put up any kind of play. Any kind of play. Any kind of play. Now, let alone a play that has only been done twice before this one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Thanks for subscribing, streaming, or downloading and listening to us on your computer or tablet or phone. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 583, Short Rehearsal Process. Jim Ortlieb and Gregory Linnington played John Hemmings and Henry Condell in the Midwest premiere of Warren Gunderson's The Book of Will, directed by Jessica Thebus, last fall of 2017. Regular podcast listeners and my friends and followers on Facebook and Twitter will remember that I was in that production too, playing Richard Burbage and the first folio's printer William Jaggard. And after a performance one night, Jim, Gregory, and I went out to Chicago's Candlelight on Western for pizza and beer to chat about our reduced rehearsal process and our similar but different approaches to the work. So there's so many things to talk about in the, about, uh, about a short rehearsal process. Um, do you guys come into rehearsal with your lines memorized? Is that a thing you've ever done? Do you find that useful or do you find it a dumb idea? Do you have philosophies about this? Go, you want to go? Uh, you go, I, you go. I, I have done that uh, a couple of times, and with this short rehearsal uh, period, that is oh, a few years old with our uh, union contracts. Um, right, rehearsal. That's another thing we should talk about. Rehearsal periods have shortened. That's right. They've shortened because the contracts. Uh, we've gotten raises, and the, the rehearsal process has gotten shorter, and we start previewing through rehearsals. Yeah. So uh, it becomes, which is a way for the theater. To to make more money, which is absolutely appropriate. And spend less. And then spend less. Yeah. So um, I have tried to know the play better before I got to rehearsal, but memorizing them completely, unless there are a lot of them, is uh, difficult for me um, because there are so many changes that happen during rehearsal. I'm about to walk into a world premiere, as is Greg. Right. Uh, the same play, we're walking into a, a play at the Goodman Theater in Chicago, and um, we'll have 
six weeks of rehearsal. Oh my gosh. A longer weeks, rehearsal process, yeah. Very, very long. It's four weeks of pure rehearsal and uh, two weeks of previews. Oh my gosh. No, it's just grand. Uh, so that's gonna, that's that's a big change from this play. And so this, no excuses. You guys better be really good by the time we yes. see it. No, exactly. And we, we will be. And uh, and knowing knowing the director, I think he'll want things locked pretty uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, pretty yeah. darn well during uh, when we open. So it's a, it's a demand that varies from project to project, memorizing the lines before you get there. Uh, if I was doing Shakespeare, I'd have to memorize the lines before I got there. There would be no other way to do it. Shakespeare's, Shakespeare's easier to memorize. Well, you and Gregory, you've done a ton. I, I, I wish I'd talked about this in the previous podcast. You've done a ton of Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot a lot of productions. And, and, and it really wasn't until I did a, a play called Equivocation where my ethic really, really shifted in terms of memorization and really wanting to be off book because I worked with the writer of that play who is a Jesuit priest who has he described to me it's it's to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable and I was after a long period of time in the same theater company at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival uh, I was definitely comfortable and I and I was afflicted and and in 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 in, a, in a, and, and at first blush it was very very difficult and then it became um, I, I, I treasure the relationship because it really really it brought a new ethic to, to the way that I work so for longer speeches definitely it doesn't matter what the project is get get off book um, I was fortunate enough to get to do Virginia Woolf and work on that that play uh, this time last year I was in pre-hearsal as uh, herself and I called it uh, dear, dear Holly Twyford who played Martha in that show we, we worked for a month before rehearsals began on your own time on our own time on our own dime yeah. um, and the, 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 the kids as we call them they, they joined us for, for, for that and walking in we were very much more prepared than I feel like we would have been uh, without certainly without that and that was that was ne that was necessary for that and that is with I'll, I'll be dictates that you must rehearse I, I think it's five weeks that you have have to rehearse the play if you're going to produce it you have to approve the casting and you have to and you have to rehearse it for five weeks that's that those are the rules as he's as he's laid them out well and and you talk and those those uh, that amount of pre-rehearsal that you're talking about I've done that before in shows that I both acted in and directed where you meet outside of it and I find that that is often the most liberating in some way right because you're exploring it without any preconceptions without a direction and you can make discoveries I, f I find that to be very valuable time Absolutely, and and walking in, I mean, you, you have a facility. We were able to have a facility with the language that we wouldn't have otherwise had. I feel like because we had, <laughs> we we we'd spent so much time already, kind of fucking around with the words, and that that I, I, I memorization is is all about repetition. It's all about carving these canyons in my mind so that I, I invariably the waters gotta rush down them. There's, there's only one way it's gonna go. Yes. That even when I'm completely sky high, I think I don't know what it is that I'm supposed to say, I open my mouth and I start talking and the correct line comes out because the musculature is in place. Yes, it's, yes. It's, that, that's, that's necessary. And I don't, and some people say like, 
they're not paying me enough. Well, okay, then turn in a shitty performance, you know, or, well, or get a job in any other industry exactly, then, you know, exactly. Or, or, or I don't want to get locked into something. Then you're not facile. You're not, you're not fleet on your feet and you're going to get locked into something because you know it. Right. That's, it's bullshit. Right. And I think it's a, I think it's a bullshit, shitty excuse. And actually you should learn your fucking lines before the, before the play even. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should just learn, especially right. the speeches. All That's right. an, all right. All right. All right. Will Hurd. For a <laughs> and now for a responsible opposing viewpoint. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm. I, I, you need to be really, really comfortable. But like the big speech I had is Burbage. Right, right. I knew that. I almost knew that at the audition because right. I mean that's just the kind of thing that we do with the Renew Shakespeare Company, where we do mashups of lines. So it made sense to me, except for the one, the one transition. I could. It took me a while. Um, but anyway, um, 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 so you want to be comfortable with that stuff for sure. But we also did Jessica Thebus, the director of the Book of Will, um, cast it very cast it very well, and so and and I think she knew the actors she had, and she knew that they would be able to find what they need to find in 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 three weeks and two days, and as you said, Jim. She knew you. She knew that she wasn't getting a six-week rehearsal process uh, result in a three-week rehearsal period. Yes, yeah. that's right. So, uh, so she understanding that our processes were different all around for all ten of us on yeah. that stage, in uh, eight of us in different roles, numerous roles. Yeah. Um, she knew that we had our own processes and that it was a, a, a wonderful run and that we would start moving through the play and it would be an organic process as we ran through the play. Yeah. So there was no need, it seemed, uh, from her point of view, that, uh, there was no need to lock the play into yeah. a particular place. Yeah. Physically, we are pretty much locked, unless there are little snips and places it where they can move. It feels very free, though. It feels like we, it we do have freedom. And I feel like we play fast and loose with, the, with certainly with the top of Act. There's a lovely scene at the top of Act 2 yeah. in, in Book of Will that, that I, I think is some of, some, some of her best writing. It's just absolutely stunning. And I don't feel locked into that, and I, I don't think... You do. I, no, I, not I well. And I, as as can be seen from what we did tonight, yeah. which was quite quite different. Yeah. I've well, never done that before. Right. And I and I remember I wasn't. I'm not in the scene, but I remember hearing the direction, which was, you know, let it happen the way it happens each night. Yes. Well, tonight was really sweet. It was really lovely. And I have to tell you that my scene with my wife tonight felt like I was at some point in the middle of the scene. I thought, geez, I'm just saying the lines up here. But you know what? The lines sort of take care of it after a while. <laughs> Good writing. Okay, I'm, I, I, I am just saying the lines, and uh, that's the way it is, and here I am saying the lines. There is a point at which you want to get out of the line's way. Yes. Right. Yeah. Boy, the, that scene is just stunning to me. Well, it's a beautiful, it really it's a beautiful scene. It's a beautiful scene. You guys, you and Rangan Altai uh, uh, kill me with it every night, because there are some nights I'm in the VOM watching, and and it's a beautiful scene that is not only beautiful because you guys are good, but it's a beautiful scene that talks about the, 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 the value of theater. Not only why we do it, but why we go to theater, why we watch it. And so it, it's not even about Shakespeare so much anymore as it is about the, communi the community aspect, communal aspect of coming together in a room and watching stories being told. And also the repetition, which is I'm, I'm, I'm a yeah. relatively new father, so, so watching my, my almost three-year-old son and him wanting the same thing over and over and over. You guys are both fathers, and I know that Lauren is a mother. So she, must, there's something about that childlike 
uh, comfort that one gets in terms of hearing hearing the same things over and over and over again. There's, it's, uh, it's it's kind of a like a story mantra or something like that. I did that as a child. I'm sure we all we all we all do it. There's yeah. something very very comforting about it. But she speaks to it as a as a reason for being. Um, because what we're met with is a person who's not only in deep grief, but who's having, I feel like, a crisis of identity. It, 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 should, it, should, should theater even exist is the question that's posited. Well, you know, it's interesting. These were religiously uh, tense times uh-huh. in, 16, well, yes. in the 1500s and the 1600s. And goodness knows we're in a position now where things are a bit tense religiously as well. But then... At that time, this was the beginning of theater as business. Right. Right? Yep, yep. So here we have an actor who actually feels guilty that theater is more of a respite for him and a safe place for him and a ritual for him, meaning me, during this time of, of, of you know, tragedy. Than the church is, yeah, yeah, and that's sacrilegious in the church. Yeah, and right. and if, if anyone in the church had heard what I say in this play, I would probably be brought up on charges. Yeah. Uh, so there really is a. And I could talk about my own personal story with religion and entertainment, but really. I think this is a struggle for many people who are in any way religious. Is the Bible less important than the um, periodic table for a chemist? Uh, is, is Shakespeare less important than the Bible? Well, if you're a Catholic, that could be a question. I'm a Shakespearean. Yeah, <laughs> right. There you have it. And there, and there lies the answer. And, and in some way, you're talking, this is the very first argument about that. It could be the very first argument have, having ever occurred about, you know, the right, difference right. between this. Yeah. Well, and this is sounding like more and more like it's smelling like a brand new podcast, religion and entertainment. There you go. I think there's a whole separate thing there. And there you Maybe go. we can come back next week. Yeah. <laughs> well, next time we'll meet you in we'll meet you in the Middle East. <laughs> Hello, this is Elizabeth Dennehy, otherwise known as Lieutenant Commander Shelby from Star Trek Next Generation. Welcome to the Reduce Shakespeare Company's podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? This week, after another standing ovation last week in Bluebell, Pennsylvania, we take the week off because next week we return to the new Victory Theater in New York City from March 2nd to the 11th for the off-Broadway premiere of William Shakespeare's long-lost first play, Abridged, followed in subsequent weeks by performances in Hayes, Kansas, Indianapolis, Indiana, La Crosse, and Madison, Wisconsin, and the Pittsburgh Public Theater for all of June 2018. We'll also be doing one performance of the Bible, The Complete Word of God, Abridged in Orono, Maine in March, and Pop-Up Shakespeare is in its second printing and on sale worldwide. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office venue and ticket information. 
And now back to my conversation with Gregory Linnington and Jim Ortlieb, who, after working together in the Book of Will, went straight into rehearsals for Blind Date at the Goodman Theater, featuring Rob Riley and William Dick as Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev. And Rob and Bill talked to us on the podcast two weeks ago. Jim and Gregory and I started talking about a rehearsal trick that we did during the Book of Will that we do not recommend for every rehearsal process. remember joking, and I can't remember whether I joked about it publicly in rehearsal or just privately to Jessica in rehearsal, but I said, when are we going to have our drunk through? You know, the thing that you always did in college because, yeah, let's rehearse and play drunk. And we and she said, and and she said at the end of the first week of rehearsal, she said, so for the final hour of the final day of rehearsal, we're going to have a pub hour. And because pub time, because the show takes place in a tavern, John Hemmings's tavern that's next to the Globe, and uh, so the stage was already set for that sort of thing. Um, And so we were encouraged to uh, bring our own uh, beverages of any kind. Um, What I was delighted to see was that everyone in this cast drank. (laughs) That was, and that's a that very rare, very rare. It is rare, but everybody drank, and there was there was a lot of variety in the in the kinds of alcohol. It was great, and then we. We read the scene. The first pub time hour we spent, we read we read the scenes that take place in the pub. I think, and then I think the second hour, the second time we did it, the following Sunday, we just sort of. I think by that time we were off book, so we just did the scenes. My memory is that there were many discoveries made in that during pub time. Am I wrong? Am I romanticizing this? Or did you guys find that that was useful? I found it very useful. The, just the taste of having a little bit of beer in your mouth. And I mean, we were in no, I, I, I'll speak for myself, I was in no way drunk. Oh, I, no. I, mean, I, I, had to fun- I had to function later in the day. Absolutely. Yeah. So maybe, maybe a beer. But just yeah. having that amount of it, you know, it's kind of like when you, when you have to have uh, tears on film, you know, they, they, they blow that stuff in your eyes. It's like a menthol thing. Have you ever used this stuff on no. film? No, because you're a very good actor, apparently. You <laughs> can actually cry. But, you know, if, if, if they're looking for, for results, yeah. right, which, right, right you know, now. film is film and television is a lot of result-oriented stuff as opposed yeah. to, like, process, God forbid. Right, right? so you're... They, they, they blow that menthol, and for some reason, you can just you you can the, the, the tears come so much so much quicker. The same the same I felt loaded for the yeah. for the ten or fifteen minutes that we were working on those. Right, it, it, when, with, it, with one beer when you're really relaxed, it made you feel as if you'd had six or seven. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. In fact, when we did that, I asked the director when we were finished. I said, do you really think I can go that far? <laughs> well, this is my memory because you went so far. I did. Hemmings was, your Hemmings in that, that in the pub hour was so drunk in a pivotal scene where we first raised the idea of publishing the first folio. Mm-hmm. Right. You were so drunkenly against it and humorously against it. Not even, not belligerently, just, oh, this is a crazy idea. Yes. In fact, uh, that's where the scene is now. Yes. Really? I think it I'm, came did it come from that? Am I right? Up the oh, thinking totally. that it came. Okay. It yeah. totally came from that, and uh, that's where it is now. Although I'm not as sloppy as I was in that rehearsal, 
I, oh God, I hope not. I think I was pretty darn sloppy during yeah. that rehearsal. I, I got shit, you, you shit your pants during that. Rehearsal. Exactly. <laughs> well, not, not but this that. is sloppy. But this is why we not rehearse. Stage worthy. This is why we rehearse. Why we would call it rehearsal. <laughs> you know, you, you 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 then you figure out how to clean up the slop. It was incredibly valuable to me. But the, I mean, we were all dying watching you, yes. Jim Ortley, uh, 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 resist the idea of public publishing the first folio because you're drunk and you're assuming they're all drunk. Yes. And this is a crazy drunken idea? Yes. Oh, it's a crazy idea. It's just, I laugh at him just before he goes into his last little speech before I am convinced. Yeah. I'm laughing at him. No, what are you, crazy? You can't. No. No. Of course it's silly. Which is a wonderful playing against, I, I love the choice because it plays against it. The, the 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 dialogue mm -hmm. is 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 sort of negative and and no we shouldn't be doing this and you're playing it completely positively and as a result it comes across twice as negative you know yes, it's a, it really does it's, it's really irritating it is it's, it's and it's so mocking me it's, it's so wonderful. funny when you cross the stage and you start stamping your feet <laughs> it is just hilarious to me you're pissing me off I love it it's hilarious <laughs> it makes so much sense it does it does and it speaks suddenly you're in the middle of watching two and three three people actually you know Dana's right. in the scene too right that's, a, you know, that's right but, but you're watching three Always people there. who know each other so well right but it's so interesting that that little piece of insight on Jessica's part led to Jim's in, in, insight that then activates the scene in a whole fresh fresh new way so so yeah, yeah I'd worked on I'd worked with Jessica on another play about Charles Darwin we did not have pub hour right. pub time during that rehearsal process what what show was that uh, in the in the garden a, Dar a Darwinian love story oh yes about Darwin didn't stop much didn't get drunk much not that I know of although it was a long ship ride it was <laughs> <laughs> he was rat ass every single time they put it every Port they I pulled out of. He, he was <laughs> Darwin. Everyone knew that Darwin. <laughs> I love that expression, rat ost. And I never, and I never know. I first got to, I first got to London, and they said, "Oh my God, I was so rat ost last night." And I went, "How do you pronounce it, rat ost? Why isn't it rat ost? Why isn't it rat ast? What? Oh That's because the rat ast is not bad in American. No, rat ast. Oh, I was rat ast. Is that good? It's hard to know. Oh, all right, so it's easy. It's easy for me to come into rehearsal to be sort of mostly off book, because I have five, six scenes, and they're relatively small. You guys are the leads of the Book of Will, and you're about to and you're about to do this other play at the Goodman. What do you do when you're the leads and you have you're carrying the play and you're in every scene but one? Are you are you off book? Are you uh, comfortable with it? I mean, how do you how do you learn the show in three and a half weeks when you are? when you have most of the scenes and you're on stage most of the time? Well, I think uh, Gregory just really gave you a, a really good view of his brain yeah. with those gullies and valleys and, yeah. and ravines that guide the water downhill. That's a wonderful image. It is. Um, and really, it's something you have to memorize in your body and you have to know how long this has to go. And, and uh, it's a matter of physically memorizing it and getting it in your body. Only now, because of the short rehearsal process, can I go through the first 
first scene. I'm so reliant on the two of you, on Dana, on uh, on everyone else in that scene. Sam, I mean, I'm so reliant on what it is that you're giving me as the clue to my next line that I found that first scene impossible to memorize. And so I gave up. I said, okay, fine. This is going to be, this is about everyone in the scene. It's about the company. It's not about um, me muscling through this and saying like, no, I'm going to be 100% prepared, which is a, it's a stupid way to work because it's a social it's a social job that we're doing you have to you have to leave room for what everybody else is bringing yes absolutely right. and that's where I, that's where I feel like oh I'm not off I'm not entirely off book well knowing what you can get off book on versus what you maybe shouldn't even try to right. is, is very important and I seen I seen like the, the first scene in, in Lauren's play is is a perfect example of that we're entirely relying on one another so. and, and, and you you've joked about this offstage, which is that you don't even you don't even start acting till like the third scene because that's where you have to start driving the bus. Driving Henry, the play. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. During the drunk scene. During, during, the, during the drunk scene. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's where and he picks and that's it up. really where I do. I, I began to acquire more quickly who exactly Henry was, uh, the, the sense the sense of character. Characters are very, very tricky. We're not going to get into that conversation, but 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 uh, but the memorization came out came a lot quicker because the action was very clear. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why is character a tricky conversation? Isn't it? Isn't it what you say and what you do? Isn't that your character? Yes. Yes. But people talk about. I don't. There, there's still a notion. It's, it's, it's some remnant, perhaps a method or something like that. When you're getting into character, I'm like that. I, I'm not getting into. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm just hanging out, and then I go out, and I. Right. It's like any other. I don't think about how I'm going to play with my son. I don't think about how I'm going to mow the lawn. Right. I just go out and do those things. I don't think about how I'm going to work out. Yeah. These, these things. I, I know what it is that I'm going to do, and exactly the same thing when I'm, when I'm about to step on. Well, and, and here we are in the in the third week of performances, and I'm no longer going over all my lines before every scene. Right. Because I know my lines now. Exactly. And, and you go out there, and the scene starts to happen, and you start to act in character to do the things you're supposed to be doing. Right. My, I, there is an option after action, and it's how. How do we do what we do? And we have a choice there. This space that we're in now is a very intimate space. Yeah. It's intimate to the point where we have, we are, we, we actually have the option, the freedom, the luxury to make some rather small, though intimate choices of how we do what we do. You don't have that luxury in a 1,500-seat house. You've got to play that action and let them know in the back seat, where in the back of the house, what the action is, and it has to be clear. But a house like this, it's it's intimate. Yeah. And it's almost cinematic. It's almost, uh, uh, almost. Uh, the audience is, in, at times, two, three feet away from us. Yeah. So the how of you play your action can be really fun. To play, uh, and Chicago uh, has a lot of those very small theaters. Yeah. Uh, the Goodman is even has an intimate flavor to it. Uh, I'm curious. I, I really look forward to finding out how how it is to play we, on that. We're gonna start like punching each other and harming each other because that's what I heard with Chicago theater. That's step. That's Steppenwolf. That's a whole different thing. Okay. 
That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Send us your rehearsal tricks via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also engage with us and other fans on Facebook or Twitter. You can find easy links to all these social networks at our website, reducedshakespeare.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and the RSC is now on Instagram too at Reduced Shakespeare Company. And you can find Jim Wortlieb on Twitter at Jim Wortlieb and Gregory Linnington at G. Linnington. Thanks as always to He Does It on the Night, Matthew Croak. Web services by Ginger Power Limited. Music by John Weber and Garage Band. A random fan shout out this week goes to Randy Woodland. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Elizabeth Dennehy from Star Trek The Next Generation. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 583, 1749ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. I want the gritty, the gritty stuff. In the true Chicago stuff. And, and improv, right? We're going to do some improv? Yes. Yes. And, and it's the, we're in the right place for it because this is a fucking bar. Let's order another drink and another pizza and stop beating each other up. What a town. What a, what a town you got here. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.